0: You are listening to Packers Talk Radio Network. PackersTalk.com. Pack. On this episode of Cheesehead Radio,
1: the Packers get a big win against the Steelers at home, but take a big loss with Jair
0: Alexander out of the lineup. The 1996 Super Bowl team returns to celebrate
1: 25 years, and Aaron Rodgers and Mike Tomlin make the meme of the year. Four quarters of Packers Talk right here on Cheesehead
2: Hello again, Cheesehead Nation. We are in our 12th season here at Packers Talk. The Packers are 3 in 1, and we are going to break it all down for you, as is usually the case. Your hosts tonight are the ebullient Kelly Hodgson, known as That Packer Girl on Twitter. Also joining us is the euphoric C.D. Angeli, TundraVision Vision on Twitter, and lastly, little old me, your voice of reason. Jersey Al of Packers Talk and Cheesehead TV. You can find me at Jersey GBP on Twitter. That's it for the introductions. Let's get this show on the road. All
1: right. The ebullient Kelly Hodgson is with us tonight.
0: I love that <laughs> adjective. I'm going to keep that one for a while.
1: Absolutely. Good one. You know, Jersey, I don't know where you come up with those. I don't know. We Just
2: off the top this.
0: of my head. We talked about this last week. We know exactly where he gets these words.
1: <laughs> Someone has to know how to use a thesaurus. All right. The Green Bay Packers have now risen to 3-1. and one. Now, mind you, roughly about three weeks ago, we might have been in a little bit of a panic about the Packers season and their chances for going a long ways in the playoffs. But suddenly, 3-1 and one feels pretty good, doesn't it? Oh, it feels very
0: good. It's definitely better than 1-3. and three.
1: So, we're going to go through our four quarters of Packers football, and we're going to kick it right off with our first quarter, the Packers' big win, and the title of the episode uh, today is The Trip Down Memory Lane, and as I was at the game, thank you Kelly, on Sunday, there was a certain player who found his way not only into the end zone, but into the stands for his first Lambo Leap in quite a number of years. Welcome back to the big time, Randall Cobb.
0: Well, he'd been kind of absent the first three games. It was really nice that he finally showed up, and yeah, it, it did make me feel all nostalgic. It was He was firing on all cylinders with, with Rodgers, and it felt like the Randall Cobb from several years ago. He was reliable, he was speedy, he had great hands, and it didn't make me miss MVS that much. Even though he doesn't have the speed of MBS, we had a reliable target.
2: Yeah, I mean, he he knows where the spots are to get open, right? And and he and, and Rodgers have had that understanding in the past. And, you know, I think it just took a few games for it to come back. But I think they're all both completely on the same page now. And, uh, you know, with Rodgers, there's always that trust thing, you know, that trust. And I think he knows he can trust Randall Cobb to be in the right place. And, you know, something that I that I uh, tweeted about was on on his touchdown pass, I mean, And something that I've mentioned about the other Packers wide receivers in the past is that they don't really know what to do when Rodgers is, you know, know, when you're in the red zone and Rodgers is out of the pocket, scrambling or, you know, on a rollout or whatnot. You know, the, the older receivers or the receivers of Rodgers past like Jordy Nelson, James Jones, Randall Cobb all knew what to do, right? They all knew head for the pylon, just head for the pylon. Rodgers is going to throw it, basically, out of bounds, but close enough for you to reach it right at the pylon and score a touchdown. Well, that's exactly what Randall Cobb did, and, you know, there's that trusting again. Rodgers knew he could depend on him to do that, so, you know, I think a lot of people were, maybe myself included, skeptical, a little skeptical about uh, getting Randall Cobb in, you know, since he really hadn't done much with other teams, but... Shows you the importance of uh, of a relationship with your quarterback here.
0: Well, it's not just that he knows exactly where to throw it; he knows exactly how far out of bounds that Rodgers is going to try to toss it. So he's going to be he's he's going to stop on a dime. Unlike some of the younger receivers, yeah, I think he definitely has that that shorthand with him that sometimes takes years to develop. Well, he's already had the years to develop it. So now we've got a little little um security blanket that Rodgers now has that's not just um Adams.
1: And I think the fear that you had as you're talking about Adams was with MBS out was Rogers just gonna try to force the ball even more so into Devontae Adams, not that it's been a terrible strategy so far this season, but you know you get worried that it's gonna, you know a little too dependent and lead to an interception. He actually spread the ball out fairly well with Devonte getting six receptions. Cobb got five. Lazard had two. Uh, Robert Tunyon should have had probably seven receptions, but only ended up with two on the day because I don't know those two just were not on the same page. And at Quinminius, St. Brown also you know had a miss on there too, so he was trying to get it around. But obviously, you can see. And we've always kind of said this about Aaron Rodgers. He gets a favorite receiver, and he loves forcing it in there. Well, it's kind of nice that he has two favorite receivers right now. It's nice that he has Devontae and Randall Cobb, two guys he completely trusts, instead of maybe just Devontae Adams and everyone else.
0: Yeah, I think it's definitely going to make defenses think if they're going to commit to double-teaming somebody like Adams because it will leave somebody like Cobb wide
1: open. Exactly. Exactly. And if Randall Cobb made us feel like it was 2014 all over again, Ben Roethlisberger made us feel like it's 2010 all over again, the last time the two faced each other, uh, was in the Super Bowl uh, back in 2010, which, of course, Aaron Rodgers got the better end of the deal between he and Roethlisberger, and did again on Sunday.
2: Yeah, Two different Ben Roethlisberger's this time around, <laughs> right? True. Uh, Roger's a little is a little closer to what, or a lot closer to what he was in 2010 than Roethlisberger is. But, but still, your point is is taken. Yeah, Roethlisberger is not nearly as mobile as
0: he used to be.
1: Well, and I think there, there's a little reason for some concern. I mean, it's a great win, and you hate to sit there and try to find negatives with it. But, you know, Ben Roethlisberger was throwing a lot of short outs, a lot of, you know, pitches to the side. He was not pitching the ball downfield. He's, I, I don't know how old he is. 57, 58 years old, but 112. Yeah. He doesn't have that downfield accuracy. I'm not sure he ever really did, but he certainly doesn't. Now a little concerned in terms of how the defense played, this score could have been a lot closer with the maybe younger, more accurate quarterback. And moving on, uh, one of the best moments. I suppose there's a lot of great moments in the game, but Corey Bajorquez.
0: Bjorquez! Oh, come sure. on.
1: I'm being to say correct. it by now. Well they didn't say it a whole lot at the game and, you know, Kelly seats there's a lot of echo with and re- reverb with the announcer there. So but he did happen to nail from his end zone a pretty darn good punt that 15, made us really 15, not miss 15, JK 15, Scott.
2: No. No missing however, of the the young high school student.
0: Yeah. However, my dad was my parent. Both my parents were visiting this weekend. My dad's like, "What happened to the?" Because he's a huge Alabama fan. What happened to J.K. Scott? Dad, he's no good. We showed him the road. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It, it, it feels great having a punter that can actually bang it for, as opposed to straight up for thirty yards, straight back down. You know, and then they run it back. You know.
1: we've got ourselves a punter, gentlemen. Yeah, I think we're good there. So. Before we move on out of the first quarter, I guess I want to ask you guys a question. I've not viewed the game on television yet. I haven't had a chance to go back. So I'm just going based on what I saw live. But I, I want your your feedback a little bit on this. When I was watching the game, it was really kind of funny because, I don't know, beginning to the middle of the fourth quarter, a lot of fans, a lot of the Steeler fans got up and started leaving. Um, a lot of Packer fans started leaving because I think we are up, what, 27 to 10 at that point?
2: Yeah, yeah we, were, we were into
1: garbage time. And I kind of looked... At people, I said, this game isn't over yet. There's a lot of time left. And, and I kind of kept saying, that, you know, even Steeler fan went in front of me. I says, dude, this isn't over yet. It is. yeah, yeah, it is. And I said, okay. And <laughs> it, did, it, is it just me, or did it seem like there was this letdown, even offensively, by the Packers team in that fourth quarter? I guess the thing that got me, it was on the other side of the field, but there was this fourth down, and I can't remember it was four yards, and they went for it and it was just this terrible play terribly executed and i'm like why are you doing this why are you trying you know on on fourth and short some sort of weird crissy crossy pattern where two guys didn't know who was you know who the pass was for did did you guys get a feeling like it was like eh, we're taking this little win for granted and playing not to lose
0: at that moment it felt like they didn't realize how much time was left on the clock. You know, you can pull dumb stuff like that if you can bleed the clock down, but there was still ample time that that, that I think that Pittsburgh could have gotten within striking distance. To me, yeah. it was more about clock management than anything.
2: Yeah, and they do, they do this all the time. You know, I mean, this is this is nothing new. Uh, they did it the previous week too, where you know you got a lead, you're in the fourth quarter, you've been running the ball and it's been successful. And then suddenly you'll throw three straight passes downfield or something along those lines.
0: And not Why? even need enough time while you're right. sitting in the huddle. Why? Like,
2: Why? That, yeah.
0: Don't do the hurry-up offense. So right I,
2: I don't think it's letting down. I think it's just shooting yourself in the foot sometimes, you know? Just yeah. decisions.
1: Yeah, and there's that decision that – or not the decision. There's that feeling that, yeah, this is now definitely a better team than the one that we saw You know, after the Saints game. But we're still trying to convince ourselves: Is this the team that can finally get past that NFC Championship hump? And you know, where is that killer end of the game instinct to you know put the boot on the throat? Um, you know, going back to our 1996 team, you know, fourth quarter, handing that ball off to Dorsey Levens and Edgar Bennett, and just killing that clock and first down after first down and nine, ten minute drives that just wipe out the game. And it was like almost three and outs. It's like eh, pass, 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 punch. We'll let. We'll let our defense, our defense will save us, and luckily, yes, it did, but I just don't know if our defense is one that we just want to say, ah, we'll let the defense save the day for us again.
0: You probably wondered if they started to let up because they didn't want to get any more injuries, but they really seemed way too comfortable with letting the other team have the ball in garbage time.
1: And I think this is a good opportunity in the first quarter. We'll call that a win. I think obviously the Packers with a nice, you know, twenty-seven to seventeen win is great. A win but is a that, win. Yeah, it does segue to our does second it? quarter, and I guess you know the way our defense is playing, and now that we have an injury that I mean, we're a little uncertain about how long Jair Alexander is going to be out. Um, that was a big hit. I, I want to say, didn't Darnell Savage? Didn't he go out in the game as well near the Brief- end? Briefly.
0: Yeah, I think he did, but I haven't heard much since then.
1: Yeah, it didn't sound like they've reported much about it, so I'm hoping hoping listen, he's not listen out. Listen,
2: he's the one, I think he had cramps, right? They were working had, on his legs. Cramps. Yeah, he had yeah, cramps. He, yeah. he just had leg cramps. They stretched him out. He went off for a bit, and I think he was fine after that.
1: Right. So with Kevin King, obviously, first of all, with the mystery illness and then apparently a concussion from his illness that has kept him out the last two weeks. Having Jair and King out, were essentially your two starters from the beginning of the season, now looking like we're not sure if either of them are going to be back against Cincinnati. So, how are we doing here?
2: Um, clarify something. You said concussion from his illness.
1: I was being facetious, because he had an oh. illness, he was mystery oh. illness his first week, and then the next week he was in concussion protocol. Oh, okay, so I, did, did get I, get I didn't concussed?
2: catch the joke there. Yes.
1: Yes. I'm guessing from practice, but um, it was just funny that the first week we didn't really quite know why he was out. And then next thing we know was concussion protocols. Like, mm. it's very right. Kevin King. Very Kevin King.
2: <laughs> and very Packers to, you know, cloud sure. the whole situation up exactly. when it comes to injuries.
1: So let's analyze what does this do for our Packers defense to not have Jair Alexander in there?
0: Well, I think the biggest unknown is how long is he going to be out. They they've never really clarified to the, what extent this injury is. You know, if you have a, just a simple grade one separation, you know, he separated his shoulder, which is essentially where the collarbone attaches to the to the uh, scapula, the uh, shoulder blade, and a grade one injury is just a, a mild pulling of the ligaments, and that's often just a two week a two week recovery time. You start having a partial tear of that ligament, and you're looking at about. Uh, you know, four to six weeks. However, if you have a complete separation of it, that can be 12 weeks, uh, and that's most of the season of um, retaining, retaining full function. The big thing with separations, it's going to come down to, to functionality and pain tolerance. Um, yeah, so I don't know how long he's going to be out there talking about braces, which tells me it's not just a grade one tear. Um, so he's either got a grade two or a grade three, but how effective is he going to be if he's wearing a weird brace? Well, uh,
2: <clears throat> that I have no idea. Who, who said anything about a brace? Was it, There just... was
0: some, something on Twitter I saw on Monday, and <coughs> right, I can't remember who did it. Not from the team,
2: though. Not from no, the not,
0: team. No, the, the team won't disclose anything. Right. But if there's rumors of braces and adaptations, I'm going to say he's going to be six weeks, if we're lucky, so 12, from,
2: yeah, 12 weeks. Yeah, from who?
0: Yeah, I know. I'm trying to remember. I just don't.
2: Okay. All right.
0: But it's obvious uh, they're, they're, they have a contingency plan if they're signing people
2: today. Yeah, the other thing is that, um, you know, speaking of rumors and whatnot, or people are all assuming that it's bad because the Packers went out and got a second opinion. You know, like, I don't think that that necessarily means anything personally. I think you'd want to get a second opinion, in most cases, anyway, but I
0: think I think it's more no. informed. It's an informed decision of whether you need what therapy you need. Is it safe to play? Do you need a surgery? Do you need whatnot? Right. I, yeah, I I wouldn't read much into a second opinion. They might have just you know saw their orthopedist and said, "Hey, we want to see a shoulder specialist." That's no big deal, and that's not out right. of the ordinary or scandalous by any stretch of the imagination.
1: Okay. Now, interestingly enough, um, there's been a lot being made, of course, of. Uh, Stokes playing on the opposite end in place of King and that he's had a couple really nice plays. Uh, PFF kind of released their rankings uh, after the completion of week four. Uh, Jair Alexander, I, I think we can all agree has had maybe not quite the level of season he had last year, at least so far. He's given up a couple more plays than we're used to seeing. Of course, that first touchdown early in the first quarter, which Matt LaFleur amusingly said, yeah, it's pretty easy to score like that when you push off or something yep. to that effect. <laughs> um, <clears throat> we, of course, were all screaming about that, too, at the game. Uh, but he comes in right now at PFF at a 75.1, um, which actually makes him the third highest ranked defender on the Packers' defense. Now, to just let you know how PFF, uh, De- 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 DeAndre Campbell is actually our highest right now. So Devondre. Devondre, excuse me, 82.2. And then, of course, uh, Smith uh, at linebacker is at 76. So those are the two guys with higher ratings than Jair. Stokes is only at a 54. He's 77th out of 108. But, yeah, I mean, Jair, you, you hate to lose that solid shutdown level corner on a defense that I think is still trying to find its way in a new scheme.
0: But I think things will be okay with Stokes. He definitely has a steep learning curve right now. And I would rather him get the occasional pass interference because he's playing so close to the receiver and he's aggressive than Kevin King being three, six, nine yards off of
2: the ball. So here's the question. Would you rather Kevin King come back from his illness slash concussion and play or the Packers make do with the other guys they have?
0: Well, they signed Razul Douglas. And well,
2: assume, yeah, I mean, you can't assume that he's going to play.
0: No, and right. I'm not that impressed with him anyhow. Because um, he wasn't on an active roster. He comes from, what, the Cardinals practice squad. So I
2: know little to nothing mm-hmm. about him. It's like, all right, we're going to get who's out there that's he, got a pulse. He has played. You know, he has started games in the NFL. So Actually
1: started 11 games last year in Carolina. Really?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, oh. truly. All right. He was a third-round pick. Big so, number ninety nine in two thousand seventeen.
0: So would he potentially be better than Kevin King? That's a big question because Kevin King knows our that, system. But Ke- Kevin King is sloppy in our. No, system. That wasn't.
2: I wasn't really talking about him. I was talking about the other the other guys on their roster right now.
0: Well, right you know, now, Isaac Yayadam,
2: really the- yeah. Shamar John Charles, the guys who played last week when King, you know, when uh, Alexander went down.
0: Yeah, that's a good question because
2: which one would you rather have?
0: God, this is <laughs> would like, you rather would have King you...
2: come back to pair with Stokes, or have them do what they did last last week?
0: Would you like to swim with sharks or take your chances with the angry hippopotamus? I don't know; neither one sounds like a great option, honestly. Mm, but well, the angry hippopotamus
1: going. is in the water. I think I'm I'm feeling okay. Um, now that's
0: why they kill you, dude. They kill
1: you in the water. Oh yeah, I mean I think. Like I said, it's hard for us to say Al in the sense that we're playing against Ben Roethlisberger, and I, I don't even who's a quarterback for Cincinnati again.
0: Not Ben Roethlisberger,
2: <clears throat> Joe Burrow.
1: Yeah, so you know maybe you get away with it, but you know I don't think we're going to have a choice. Either. If Kevin King comes, Kevin King comes back, he's going to play, and it'll probably be him and and the item, uh, you know, starting on the corners. And I think whoever's no, playing quarterback Stokes will start. Or, excuse me, Stokes. I'm sorry. Stokes yeah. and King.
0: Stokes will definitely start. Um, yeah. is, but hate him or not, Kevin King is the next one up on the depth chart. So, I'm looking at... now. that's from uh, week five. Let's look hence, at the...
2: Hence the Sophie's choice question uh, I asked.
0: However, you Kevin King... You have to King, pick one. Uh, Kevin King, I guess. But, I'm looking at injury report as of today. He's in limited practice, which means he's slowly exiting concussion protocol. So, he's not completely did not practice. So, he is... In that protocol to return to play.
2: So I would I would not pick Kevin King in the Sophie's Choice question. You'd
0: pick the I other would,
2: guys. I would go the other way, guess Just for the record. So, so,
0: and, and yeah, oh yeah, and, y- and y- Yadam is actually hurt, too. He's got a quad injury, but he was full practice today.
2: Okay.
1: So, the Packers have signed Razul Douglas. Uh, obviously, that Pasta should be... Rizul, that's his uh, nickname. Did you know that? that? Pasta Razul. Hasta la vista. So anyway, he's here. It's definitely a signal that Jair is probably going to be out at least for a little bit. He's an insurance policy in case someone else goes down, I'm sure. Uh, Like I said, he has some experience, which is great. Another big rumor uh, going out there, and by the time you hear this uh, podcast on Thursday morning, it's very possible it may have already come true. Or it has not happened. Or it has not happened, or maybe it's false, but we're just going to say it now. Ah, uh, former Cowboys linebacker Jalen Smith, former Pro Bowler, twenty-six years old, is being rumored to be signed to a Packers contract uh, on Thursday morning. And There's that's coming a- from
0: numerous sources, too. Right, that one is yes. So that one, I think, actually has some traction. Um, that's also evident-
2: some- evidently it fits from a um, money standpoint because Dallas is on the hook for his seven million guaranteed, and the Packers can will would only have to uh be responsible for like the league minimum, you know, nine hundred and ninety nine thousand, whatever it is, is so, what I read recently. So
0: So a total so fire that sale that could
2: happen.
0: It's a total fire sale. So is this signaling we're trading a Smith for a Smith? Because I'm not holding my breath that Zadarius
2: is coming back. If well, ever <laughs> remember they're right, these they're two different positions. So. Yeah,
0: but we're trying to shore up our linebackers regardless because
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: No doubt. So you're taking a look at him. He he's obviously struggled. He he started all 16 games last year, but he's only participating in about half of the defensive snaps. Uh, he came in at about a 69 uh, PFF rating, so obviously middle of the pack at best. But you know, here's the story of a guy who had this fantastic season. I want to say in 2018, you know, Pro Bowl season, and since then, right. 2019, 2020 has continued to decline. And we kind of know what that's like. You have someone who has a a sharp rookie season. They say, ha-ha, Clinton Dix, right? And then they immediately go tanking downhill. And maybe they're not horrible, terrible, but you're just like, ah, you're not worth the investment anymore. And you you jettison them. And maybe this guy comes in and he's able to find some of that 2018 magic. I mean, heck, we just found Randall Cobb finding that 2018 magic. Maybe it can happen again.
0: And sometimes it's a change of venue is all you need.
2: Yeah, I, I yeah. look at it this way. Has Oren Burks or Ty Summers ever made a Pro Bowl? Is this a trick question?
1: <laughs> they Madden, ever come they close <laughs> On Madden, yeah. <laughs> like so I said, is this a trick is question? He,
2: is he potentially better than those two guys?
1: Sure is. Yeah. I, mean, that's, I that's...
2: think yeah, it's an easy yeah. yes, right? So let's so do it.
0: It's a gamble with very little money up front, so... Let's see what he let's let's kick the tires and see what he can do.
1: I'm kind of excited to see Zadarius Preston and Jalen all lined up in the same, you know.
2: Three Smiths. Yes. Smith and Three, Smith.
1: Smith, Smith, and Smith. It's it's gonna be one heck of a law firm.
2: Well, they'll just have to take theme songs from the rock group to Smiths, that's all. There you go. They'll have to come up with a theme song.
1: So finishing up this this topic, we're in this championship or disappointment year and right now. We've had some big-time injuries, I mean, to really critical players. Um, you know, David Bakhtiari, we don't, he's out for quite some time. Zadarius Smith, we don't know if he's coming back this season. Elton Jenkins. Forever. Jair. Uh, MVS. This is something that really could derail, even if you have every single piece you think is in place, you know, for the beginning of the last dance. Uh, you know, losing five solid, I mean, Pro Bowl, if not, uh, you know, all pro level players. That's that's really huge.
2: Yeah, I mean, two two of them we know will be back fairly soon. You know, Jenkins and, and Bakhtiari probably uh, at at worst probably game, around game six or so or seven. Oh, you're pretty uh, optimistic
0: about an ACL repair. <laughs> I am.
2: Uh, and Jair and and uh, Z are the two question marks right now. We mm-hmm. in both cases we just don't know yet. We should find out something with Jair, you know, in the next day or two. But uh, with Z, who the heck knows? I don't think I don't think any of the doctors know. I don't think anyone knows.
0: Well he had surgery for some right. unspecified back problems, so it could be
2: disc, which is my
0: guess. And there you know, you, you look around the Twitter burst and it's like, Oh yeah, hey, he's out for the season, and others are like, Is he gonna come back at all? And that's a big question and that's a big unknown variable right
2: now. Well, I don't really care if he comes back next year or not, because we are all in here, aren't we, team?
0: We are all in. That's right? And you, are you guys aware that Josh Myers is not practicing with a finger injury? Let's add him to the list.
1: Hmm. This is what happens when you kick the can down the road.
2: <laughs> oh, no, he had. To there say is it. no freaking correlation. <laughs> Injuries happen. I injury stopping when it. you kick the can down the road? I, I mentioned finger injury. Hey, kick the can. You just had to get
1: that in there, didn't you? I did. Okay. Yes. Um, let's
0: move on, then. Yeah, let's <laughs> move on. Did we win this one, or did we lose
1: this one? Uh, I think Jair going out is not I a win. I think we lose That's this bad. one. Man. So we're 1-1. One one. Too bad after a win. But we're going to move on to the third quarter. Uh, it was a great day that I was not expecting. It was really kind of funny because my sister was at the game on the other side of the stage. She goes, do you know what's happened at halftime? I'm like, no. She said they're honoring the 25th anniversary of the 1996 championship team. I says, "Oh, well, that's nice." How nice! I didn't realize the entire team was gonna be there. Like they're all there. Even bad mood. Oh my gosh, that was just a day. So it was kind of it was it was great to see these guys seeing these names. They were just so happy. I was actually probably about what you know maybe 50 feet away from them as they were in the the perch at the the Miller Light. I don't know, whatever you call it, perch, whatever it is, and they are out there waving and... Perch. Yeah, they they looked really, really happy. I mean, it, it's...
2: Why wouldn't they be?
1: Yeah, they're back and kind of getting their their little bit of glory. I mean, it, it's weird, though, if you think about it, because I remember going to games, you know, in the 80s and the 90s, and it was always this big deal when, you know, Jerry Kramer would come out and say, oh, it's Jerry Kramer, oh, you know, it's... Uh, yeah, you know, Bart Starr, Star. it's all these guys coming back oh, from the glory years. And they're like, it's been 25 years?
0: It's been a lifetime.
1: Oh my gosh, we're the old people. We're... <laughs> what for
0: yourselves, old farts. I'm not as old as either one of you, but oh. that really was a magic. It was the year, you know, I was kind of fully following because I was really busy in school. And then I was on the interview trail. And so I was listening to a lot. I didn't get to see a lot of these games. So I was listening to them in the car. And I remember seeing one of the games down in Tennessee. I remember that was you we played the Bengals, I think. And I remember listening to that game on the radio. And that was really a team of destiny. It's like they just got stronger and stronger and stronger. And, of course, I was too broke to go to the Super Bowl. I watched it from Fuzzy Thurston's bar in Green Bay. And there was just something really magical about that night. The whole town came out. There was no rioting. There were snowflakes the size of watermelons coming down. And you just got hugged by perfect strangers and everyone was so happy yeah i'm gonna be that old person reminiscing about it because it truly was an amazing run
1: yeah i mean i had become a fan obviously through the 80s and uh we lived through those lean lean years and you really felt that build up from 1992 on and coming into 96 man after losing to the the cowboys three times i mean you were like Give us the Cowboys. Give us the Cowboys. We're finally ready. I mean, this team has matured. We never got the Cowboys, and maybe that was a good thing.
2: Yeah. (laughs) I was was okay. Maybe it was a good
1: thing. I agree. But, uh, But, you know, this was a team that they got into the playoffs, and it just seemed everything was clicking. When you look back, I mean, that was like Pro Bowlers at almost every position, you know, on both sides of the ball. They had so many good players. I mean, you had really great players. Playing special teams. I mean, Don Beebe and and you know these guys are playing special teams because they needed a place for them. So, but this was the place. It was the place where people went. It was the culmination of all that Plan B free agency and the fact the Packers had gone through all those years without spending any of their money, and suddenly there was a cap. And Ron Wolf put it together. And with Reggie White leading the way and Brett Favre leading the way. God, what a what a what a great moment. What a great year.
2: And yet, only two players in the Hall of Fame from that team, really, yeah. well, I,
0: we could rant it the c
2: d just uh, yeah, just mentioned.
0: well, and you know it, we could also go off on a tangent right now. It's like, why isn't Leroy Butler in there? He keeps getting nominated, and
2: why isn't he there? Yeah, well that would, that would be the next uh, obvious one yeah. to to be added,
1: but but honestly, I don't know anyone else who probably has the stats really to get it after that. Right, but that, exactly. but that really yeah.
0: emphasizes that this was a team that it was. It was a team effort. It wasn't just one superstar or or a handful. Of te- but we
2: had you had one superstar on each side of the of the ball. You know, you had one leader on each side of the ball, and then a bunch of guys just doing everything they can, you know, to to help the team win. That's really and what you had.
0: And I don't think they had many catastrophic injuries that year either. If I remember back,
2: or am I Well, wrong? Robert Robert Brooks was the big one. Yeah, yeah. That's why they got uh, Rising. Yeah, that
0: and that yeah. was kind of an interesting, it's like, oh my God, is he going to behave? He was fantastic. I was okay with him that year.
1: <laughs> well, then you had Jim McMahon who came over for a year. That oh, yeah. Still a head scratcher. He got booed, that, by the that way. Felt He got booed dirty. by the crowd. It was really oh, yeah. Oh, of course, he's a bear. Yeah. They go, She's Jim that. McMahon, and like, there's this three, minutes of, or three seconds of, yay! All of a sudden, I'm like, but he's oh, been come kind
0: of a jack wagon about it. Like, yeah, I was a bear first. I was just kind of a substitute packer. He's been kind of a jerk about it. So, boo away. I don't care.
1: <laughs> so, uh, Reggie White and Wayne Simmons were honored uh, prior to the introductions, uh, reminding us that they had passed away. So, that's yeah. interesting, too, when we talk about the glory years and as those players have passed, uh, you know, we kind of note those, you know, the positions they played and the contributions they made. And here we are suddenly with Reggie White and Wayne Simmons already 25 25 years later have already passed. When did Wayne Simmons pass? Oh, you're going to make me look it up, aren't you? But you
0: know, yeah. I think this is going to be like just like with the Bart Starr era. We're going to we're once you get past that 25 year mark, we're going to start marking, you know, deaths in more regularity now, mm-hmm. which is again, an emphasis of we're all old and and they're not young anymore. I know that sounds really kind of Captain obvious, but we're ending in that era of when it's, when it's the team that you look back from your childhood or your adolescence or your early adulthood. Yeah, they're not the giants that they used to be. And now they're going to start showing their frailties.
1: Wayne Simmons was killed in a single car accident. Oh, I in remember 2002. that. 2002. I remember At the age that of 32.
2: Yeah. Oh, wow. I had forgotten
1: about that. The age of 32. Yeah.
0: He was young. And, and Reggie White wasn't that old either. He just had poor health.
1: Well, he had that sleep apnea, so he had an enlarged heart, and that yes. was kind of a rough one. Yeah, the Chiefs uh, had cut him in 1998, and with, played for the Bills for a little bit. Wayne Simmons did mm-hmm. uh, had a nice season in, you know, I think the last five games of that season, and that was the end of his career. I think in '99, so he'd been out of the out of the league for about three years. Got it. Yeah, so. So yeah, but all in all, like I said, it was a great time. I just happened to be back right by the booth. So I ran inside and got a little video of all of them walking by. I got a couple of high fives for them as they walked by. And I had to sit there and tell myself, okay, for as big of a Brett Favre fan as I, as I was all those years, I've never actually been in the same room with him uh, other than seeing him play on the field or practice. So that was kind of an interesting thing to say. Oh my gosh, I'm, he's actually lit- he literally just walked by me. Like didn't give me a high five or anything, but like you literally walked by me. I was like, Wow. That's interesting. So yeah, it was a great moment and uh great to have the ninety six team back in. And like I said, it's it's sobering to think that it was twenty five years ago and that we have fans listening to this podcast right now who were not even born. Who are those fans? I'm sure they'll be
2: Can we identify they're
1: them? They're <laughs> gonna send us they're gonna send us an Insta or a snap. We have young
2: fans. <laughs> they're gonna send they're gonna send us
1: a TikTok. Anyway. So, third quarter, obviously we'll bring that to an end, and I think that's a win. That's Memphis always a win. Team, absolutely a win. Uh, fourth quarter, a little amusement here. Uh, during the game, uh, Aaron Rodgers was desperately trying to pull one of his greatest stunts, and the Steelers were really ready for it the whole game. I don't think we pulled them off sides or got them caught with 12 men on the side uh, most of the game. In fact, I don't know, it seems like almost every team is really catching on to that pretty well. Uh, pretty well but there was a moment where uh there was a guy running off the field i saw it on the other side of the field and the whole crowd just rose and like oh we heard the whistle blow Ah, oh, we got him we got him yeah they're off sides we had too many men on the team and then right away you could see him say oh timeout pittsburgh and the whole crowd just went oh they're just so mad um but yeah obviously mike tomlin saw that and instead of taking the penalty quickly called the timeout. Led to uh, what's become a very popular, becoming a meme a little bit on Internet, something you may be able to pick in your Twitter uh, GIF column pretty soon. Uh, it reminds me a little bit of, I don't know if you ever see the Captain Kirk and Dr. McCoy kind of yeah. nodding at each other. <laughs> if you've ever seen that one from Star Trek. Uh, Aaron Rodgers looks at the sideline and gives him a little tip of the cap. Mike Tom looks back and just kind of gives him that little... Head wave, saying, "Yeah, yeah, I got gotcha. you." Yeah, nice try, nice try. Yeah. <laughs> so it was, it was, was kind of cool.
0: Game respects game. Come on. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, so I don't know if you guys saw that at, at home when you were watching it. it was quite as as notable, but like I said, it was uh, it was pretty obvious with the uh, with the crowd there that was there they're watching. They knew it.
2: <laughs>
0: well, I think it's just a testament to to Tomlin. He knows that Rogers is going to exploit it, so. Good for him for calling a timeout. We made him burn a time. He Rogers made him burn a timeout. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. So <laughs> it was only five year diff- five yard difference, but it was kind of fun seeing the exchange because it was me. You know, Rogers was toying with him too. Yeah.
1: <laughs> am I correct in remembering that Mike Tomlin was hired the same year as Mike McCarthy? Or it was around.
0: It me? was around. Let me let me look. It was around the same time.
1: Has Tomlin really been around that long?
0: Yeah, he has been. Oh
2: yeah. I don't know if it was the exact same year, but...
1: I mean, other than Belichick, I mean, how many other coaches have been around as long as Tomlin? I mean, he's got to be pretty close. I mean, Andy Reid, maybe?
0: Yeah, but you're making him sound like he's a million years old. He's only 49. He's one of the younger head coaches still, even though he's been in the league forever.
1: Right. Okay. Well, there you go. Uh,
0: 2007. 2007. So, within a year. Yeah, about the same time.
1: Yeah, pretty close. All right. So, well, if you uh get a chance to see that uh as one of your picks, let's 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 make that one rock. It's a pretty cool meme. So, that'll bring us to the end of the fourth quarter. I, we can call that a win. Is that a win? I think it's a win it's it's a, a, Yeah. It's It's a, a, it's a win. win. So, we'll, we'll finish smile. the uh we'll finish the game 3 and 1. Feels pretty good. And we're going to get on to this week's game predictions. Cheesehead Radio. Backer game prediction. The three and one Green Bay Packers now go on the road to take on the Cincinnati Bengals, who are what, they're also three and one? The Bengals are three yes, and one? Yes, the Bengals. Bengals are three and one. I'm sorry, but the, the, the brain just exploded. The the Packers enter this game as, <laughs> as only a three and a half point favorite against the Bengals. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm still really having Move on, move on. on let,
0: let it go, CD. On. Let oh it go. Oh my go. gosh.
1: The Bengals. Anyway. And they do bring an ever-increasing list of critical injuries along with them as they try to play a game on the road. How do we see this one turning out? Jersey Al, as always, we'll start with.
2: Well, uh, CD, it's hard to believe the Bengals are 3-1. and one And tied for first in their division. That I find even more amazing. Of course, their wins were against the Jaguars, the Vikings, and the Steelers. And they lost to the Bears by three points. So... I don't know that the Bengals are necessarily world beaters here. Despite that, the Packers' defense could be in big trouble with Jair Alexander likely to miss this game. The Bengals, with Joe Burrow and their young, dynamic receivers, will score points against the Packers. Yes, they will. But the Packers' offense will score more. The Packers win a shootout here, 38-33. to
1: Well, the Packers are definitely on a roll, but they are not quite playing championship ball yet. That's okay, because there's a lot of season left, and a lot of players will be coming back from injury in time for said playoff run, and you know what? It's all about who gets hottest lastest, not who gets hottest firstest. You know, I'd rather them, you know, get hot at the end. But for now, a banged-up secondary I think is going to leave the Packers a bit shorthanded on the road. It's an upset special for sure, but again... If I'm going to take a loss, I'd rather have it against an AFC team and not against a division or conference rival, so I can live with it. Bengals 24, Packers 21.
0: Oh, I feel kind of dirty agreeing with CD, but I would feel better about this game if Bakhtiari were healthy. I feel even better if Alexander was healthy, and I'm apparently wanting a pony with this game, and I'd really feel better if this game was at home. But I want CD. (laughs) down, never happened. This game makes me kind of nervous. Win your home games and split the road games. Rodgers once said that was the key to a playoff run. This one feels like a road game that won't go in the win column. Hope I'm wrong. Bengals twenty-seven, Packers twenty-one.
2: Wow, both of you are picking the Bengals over the Packers. What a bunch of losers! Sometimes
0: Boy. I want to not curse them by picking them to lose. So if I pick them to uh, lose, you always, like the you always say that. Psychology. Oh,
2: you always say that.
0: Hey, it's only weird That's when it doesn't not work. Why.
2: Which is never, but. <laughs>
0: thank you so much for joining us tonight on cheesehead radio make sure to head over to packerstalk.com where you can listen to several unique packers podcasts please follow us on at packerstalknet on twitter and like us on facebook cheesehead radio and all packers talk podcasts can be heard on apple spotify iHeartRadio, or wherever you catch your podcasts if you like the pod show us some love and leave a review you can also find us on Siri, Alexa, or Google just by saying, play Packers Talk Podcast. That's a wrap. <laughs> I almost made a turn without you guys booby-trapping me. That's a wrap. Go Pack Go. <laughs>
2: We're going to leave uh, it. I think so, yeah.
0: For the record, we have a script,
2: obviously. No, we don't. No, you no. Chokers. It's completely impromptu. Kelly but... just makes excuses when she screws yeah. up. That's all. It's, like, just like, it's the old just script. If like
1: the Packers win legs like, next week, she's going to make excuses for her prediction. Oh, it was reverse psychology. No, it's yeah. like watching from a minefield
0: I, trying the to only be one because like, What are he. they going to
1: sabotage? Thank me.
2: Thank me that they won because I picked against them. They're, They're trying, trying to make save good
0: stuff like supplies.
1: <laughs> all right. In any case, yes. That's a wrap.
0: Go
2: Paco.
1: That's the title. Good night, everybody. Go Paco. <laughs> Bullioned. Bullioned. If it's British. Aluminum. And a bullioned. If it's. Bullion. Yeah, if it's American. If
0: it's like. And what's it like if it's your Jersey Al? You get the Jersey, Jersey Al. X. It's. Ebullient. Hey. ebullient.
2: ebullient.
1: Hey,
2: yeah, you're really ebullient, you know.
1: Yeah. hey. Yah, hey.
2: Yah, hey. <laughs> Nobody,
0: does anyone actually talk like that? Yeah, they do. I think so. <laughs> I don't.
2: <clears throat> But my mom's from Detroit, so I've got a kind of (laughs)
0: accent.